You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 32. On the same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were discussing things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped, their faces downcast. The one named Cleopas replied, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place there over the last few days? They said to him, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. All these things happened three days ago. But there's more. Some women from our group left, have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They came to us saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who told them he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the woman said. They didn't see him. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, your dull minds keep you from believing all that the prophets talked about. Wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then he interpreted for them the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was going to go on ahead. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, it's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them, and after he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. But he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, Weren't our hearts on fire when we spoke? when he spoke to us along the road, and when he explained the scriptures to us, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy God, please bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts that they might be pleasing and acceptable to you and meaningful in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe in a God who continues to show up. We've experienced that in our lives. We've seen it in the lives of other people. We read about it in scripture. 
God surprises us, and God walks with us. Even when we can't see it, God is with us for the journey. Now, the Emmaus story probably feels familiar to many of us. It's one of those stories we call post-resurrection appearances, where Jesus comes and sees people after the Easter story is finished. A couple of disciples are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. We're told it's seven miles. It might have taken them just over two hours. If they're walking 20-minute miles, it might have taken them closer to three hours if they're carrying heavy things or walking at a more meandering pace. And a stranger appears and walks with them for these several hours. As readers, we know it's Jesus, but they don't realize it's Jesus. And he asks them about recent events. And they say, what, you've been living under a rock, don't you know? And they proceed to tell Jesus his own story. Death on the cross, an empty tomb, resurrection. And at this point in the journey, Jesus interjects and tells them a few things about scripture. And he's telling them, about himself in the word of God. Back from Moses and the prophets to the present day, he's telling them all these stories and sharing this wisdom to them. And when they finally reach Emmaus, they still don't know it's Jesus, but they invite him in. They say, you know, the day's getting late. Don't go on. Stay with us. And they invite him to share a meal. And at some point in the meal, Jesus gets hold of the bread. And he blesses the bread. And he breaks the bread. And he shares it with them. And suddenly... Their eyes are open and they realize this is Jesus Christ we were walking with. How did we not see it before? They're headed to Emmaus, but they drop what they're doing and suddenly they head back to Jerusalem to tell the rest of the disciples what they have experienced. Jesus showed up for them. It's an invitation to a shared meal that helps the disciples finally realize that this is God in their midst. This is Christ walking with them. Jesus was always there, it's finally that they have the eyes to see it when they break bread together. This isn't the only instance where Jesus shows up after the resurrection. He shows up to the disciples when they're in a locked room, cowering in fear because they don't want to go out and face the world. And he shows up on the lakeside to offer fishing advice, to cook a meal. He appears on a mountainside. These are just the instances recorded in scripture, but The Gospel of John alludes to many more appearances beyond that. And over and over again, Jesus shows up to offer encouragement, to offer hope, to offer a little bit of a nudge to get outside the door and start living differently in an Easter reality. And each time an invitation or an encounter with Jesus is an invitation to act. You meet Jesus, you're not the same. You got to do something about it. Now, as one of the clergy of this church, it's pretty cool to see the ways that this church shows up for one another, walks with one another, is there, present in one another's lives. And it can be as simple as writing cards. I know there's a group of ladies on Tuesday mornings who gather and they write cards to people in the church. I know of others of you who have dropped off soup or meals to people who might benefit from them. Some of you have dropped off cut flowers at somebody else's doorstep, or you've visited one another in the hospital, or you've given rides to appointments or to classes or to, hey, Sunday morning worship. It's pretty cool. It seems like a little thing, and yet it's really important. It's really impactful. You've shown up to things like euchre tournaments. I don't know how many of you were there on Friday night, but there were more than 20 tables of people showing up to play cards. It's a good time, and it's supporting our youth group as they go to Alaska this summer to serve in mission in the name of Jesus Christ. 
20 full tables on Friday night. How neat is that? And you all continue to show up for the larger community as well. You pack lunches for the NOAA project in Detroit. You show up to help serve with love and action at places like the South Flint Soup Kitchen. I hope you all have the informational meeting on your calendar and are planning to attend that. You support international work through your gifts to places like Helping Hearts, Helping Hands in Honduras or the Readers to Leaders program in Liberia. You and I, we're probably not likely gonna go to Honduras and Liberia and yet we get to be present in those places because we trust God is at work and we offer what we can so that God can show up there through our gifts and through our support. Now later this morning, we get to confirm a dozen young people. I'm so glad you all are here this morning. And each confirmand has been attending classes over the past year. They've been learning about their faith. They have been learning about the Bible, about this church. They've been going to other places of worship so that that can enrich their understanding of their faith. And each one of them has been paired with somebody in the congregation, a journey companion or a mentor, somebody who walks with them. Many of you have been on field trips or you've been uh, to confirmation events and you've gotten to know these people. You've hopefully gotten to talk a little bit about your faith and being here at church and what you do and why it matters. And there's a connection here, a relationship. You've walked with one another over the past year. Confirmation is a really cool moment in the life of the church because you see these teenagers, these young people, claiming faith for themselves. In the United Methodist tradition, we practice infant baptism. We baptize at any age, of course, but also we baptize babies because we believe God's grace is at work before we even understand it, before we can claim it for ourselves. And so our parents make promises on our behalf. This morning at the nine o'clock service, we baptized a baby, baby Garrett, and he was just full of smiles and so excited to be walked down the aisle. Someday it might be him sitting in this front pew where you all are. And regardless of what age we were baptized, these confirmands get to take an important step in faith today. They're saying, you're saying, you want to know God more deeply. You want to walk with Jesus on whatever the road ahead holds for you. You want to listen to the nudges of the Holy Spirit saying, you, yeah, saying to you, yeah, show up and try this. Show up and maybe serve in this way. And you all are, in fact, promising to show up to show up and explore your faith and ask tough questions, to show up and support one another in your confirmation class and throughout the youth group and the church, to show up and share what you're good at and who you are and what you bring that's uniquely you, and then to show up and make a difference in the world, to help people because you have faith. It's a really awesome thing to be a part of as a church. And then as an entire church, as a congregation, we get to make promises today, too. It's not just all on them. We promise, like them, to keep showing up because we believe in a God who walks with us. We believe in a God who shows up for us and invites us to show up for other people. And during the confirmation liturgy that we'll share in, uh, in just a few minutes, like in the baptism, baptism liturgy that some of us shared in at the 9 o'clock service, we all promise to show up for this faith community and because of our faith. We promise to walk alongside one another with our prayers, to pray for each other. We promise to physically show up to things like worship or Bible study or youth group or meals. We promise to support this ministry with our gifts, with our finances, with our talents, with our expertise, 
We promise to serve one another, to serve the church, to serve the community, to serve the world. And we promise to tell the story of our faith and what God has done in our lives. The way we say it in the vows, we promise to support this ministry with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We're promising to show up. We're promising to walk alongside one another. And meanwhile, God is going to continue to show up and appear in our lives and in our church and in our community in unexpected ways. And what a joy it is to discover where God has been at work. And at the end of worship this morning, after confirmation, we're going to experience the sacrament of communion. Our confirmands will serve us. I'm excited about that. That's really fun. Thank you all for doing that. It's a tangible outward act, receiving bread and cup. And it marks an inward spirituality, an inward grace. Because God shows up, even in these common elements like bread and grape juice. They don't look like much when they're sitting on the table. And yet when we come together, when we pray together and sing together and serve one another, they become so much more. And in fact, we receive God's grace in this moment. After all, it's in this same act, the breaking of the bread, that those disciples on the Emmaus Road came to have their, their eyes open and to see Jesus walking with them. So as we claim the promises of confirmation today, as we break bread, as we share communion, as we go forth from these walls, may we claim the Emmaus story. May we be people who trust that God is walking with us. May we reflect on how God has already been with us and shown up for us in our lives. And may we, perhaps, listen for God's call to show up in the lives of others because there are people who are desperately in need of that presence in their lives. God walks with us. May we, in turn, walk with one another. May it be so. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.